Welcome back to The Better of Two Evils, the show where two beleaguered public defenders are assigned pop culture clients and are forced to prove which one is secretly not awful. This week, Batman and Robin Freeze V.I.V. My name is Ben Stoddard, and my client, Mr. Freeze, is innocent. My name is Stephen Alec, and my client, Poison Ivy, is innocent. And today, we should point out, we have two special guests... Uh, the first is Ben Marcus. Howdy. Uh, ben Marcus, you are a an expert in the field of Batman. Uh, yes. Not only was I a manager of a comic book store for about four years, something like that, um, I also host my own podcast about the 1966 Batman show called Batmania 66. Which was our actually the first thing Ben and I ever, ever did. did. Ever did. Ever did. It was so much fun. Which We're is amazing. No- we're not really into the phrase uh, popping cherry because it's sort of sexist and shitty. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, virginity as a whole, it's not really a concept that it's we really. Yeah, that we don't really jive with, but you were our first. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate taking your non existent virginity. Thank you. Uh, also, <laughs> thank you for uh, coming on today and talking about. The worst ever Batman film. Holy shit, this is a fucking turd. Uh, Batman you know vs. Robin. Ooh. I, I would I would for a moment argue that some of the 1940s serials will put this one uh give this one a run for its money. Because some of those original serials were not only badly done, but really super racist too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something to consider. But this was definitely uh, there, the worst of the modern Batman. There is, defini- there is definitely at least know. one shot when the doctor is auctioning off the venom that makes Bane, where there's a shot of six people that are oh, buying the United this. Nations. The ununited nations that is pretty racist. It's pretty, it's pretty racist. Uh, and I think the reason why we wanted to talk to you about this one is this is the last of the films that is made... In like the tradition of Batman sixty six, it's supposed to feel like Batman sixty six, but it has none of the joy, and none of the none of the charm, none of the char- no charm, just just the color palette. Yeah, the color palette and the uh, the Dutch angles, and that's it. Yeah, and 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 the two single dumbest villains ever, <laughs> ever. Well, and I think one of the things uh, we're. Uh, Steve and I were talking just before the podcast that one of the things that that it lacks is that in Batman and Robin, everybody is sort of winking at the audience. The actors, the sets, everything is winking at the audience. In the 66 show, the people playing those characters were always playing it as if that reality was real yeah. and were grounded. I mean, if you look at Adam West who takes this as some sort of Shakespearean role that he's doing, or Frank Gorshin, who throws himself into every single scene as the Riddler, you see that that's their reality in that moment. So all of the silliness and winking at the audience and stuff isn't something that affects those characters. Those characters believe what they're doing. I don't feel any of that when I look at Batman and Robin. No. And... and uh- sort of a teaser for something that I, I want to get to into the middle of the podcast, but I'm very interested to hear how your theory of the hedge maze of sadness <laughs> yes. applies to applies Batman to and Robin. But to begin, as we always do, we start with s- stating our case. Stating my case. Um, there are two villains 
uh, in this movie. And I don't understand why these films decided to always have two villains. Well, you see, two is more than one, Steve. <laughs> and makes it twice as good. Yeah. Actually, actually, three. Three. If, there if are three. Attempted to stuff three two, villains. Two villains and one slave, which is weird. Yeah, one weird... Two, two villains and one completely neutered character. Yes. Uh, oh boy. Is that what the Venom does? Like, I we don't get it. So, I mean, we yeah, literally... They are, they are, well, first of all, from, from a purely... All right, since we're going to have a, um, a laser scientist on later, which is yes. amazing, yeah. um, I'm going to go ahead and just do throw a little biology at you. If you consider Venom to be steroids on steroids... They do shrink the testicles. Ah, they, oh, they, they, they do. So he possibly literally neutered him. And in this movie, he is just a roid-raged grunting monster. And he's the, he's the only person that we do not get a close-up crotch shot of <laughs> while in their latex suit. Pretty much every other character, you get that one just close-up like, oh yeah, those are their genitals. The only thing that Bane... Uh, in this movie has in common with Tom Hardy's Bane is that I can understand neither. <laughs> <laughs> this one, he just kind of goes, Arr! and then, of course, Tom Hardy's Bane is just like, well, well, you see what happens is if you just, if you shoot enough synthol into your biceps, it starts to <laughs> swell up your tongue. Okay, so my defense, my defense for Poison Ivy is that Poison Ivy is, um, is a Cassandra, a classical Cassandra uh, 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 character. She is a person who understands the ecological, ecological damage that is being done by Wayne Enterprises. Here's the thing about Wayne Enterprises. I think, I put it to you, that Wayne Enterprises knows what's going on in South America where the Ununited Nations is meeting and Bane is being created, but... He's refusing to acknowledge it because that is secret slush fund money that ours, <laughs> that so he's able to buy the the bat sled and like the bat bombs and the bat heaters. He's able to buy all this stuff. You're saying you are saying that Bruce Wayne slash Batman are are a much more evil force than previously let on. Oh God, he, I he is basically if Blackwater. Had a had had a had a. He's just had, he's just overthrowing yes. government governments. Every time something becomes vaguely socialist or communist, Wayne Enterprises comes in and is like, nope. Wayne Enterprises gives the Contras, like, <laughs> gives them drugs and liquor, and then and then tells them go out and murder puppies. He <laughs> he is he is basically Eric Prince. <laughs> so Wayne. Uh, is making a ton of money on all these different things. She is a classical Cassandra character. She, played by Uma Thurman, and I'm not just defending her because Uma Thurman was a very important part of my budding sexuality at this time. Although she looks awful in this movie. I really don't think she looks good at all. I don't think anybody looks good dressed up in as a green member of Romsh. With some weird, like, Sailor Moon buns, I guess I would, go, I would she, say. She is, but... I think that's part of what's going on with her character. She is, she is in a in in a state of disarray because she understands what's coming. You guys are are looking at this from a pre-Katrina mindset. <laughs> Wait, she what? Sees the future. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time, time out. Yes. What, 
we, I, I believe we're post-Katrina. Unless... We are in a post-Katrina mindset. She understands what's coming. And she's the only one who's trying to stand up against it. She understands that Mr. Freeze could be a counter to global warming. And she, that's why she, she is an ecological terrorist. She goes up to uh, Bruce Wayne and says that uh, people will die. And though that's just, you know, breaking a few eggs in the effort of reducing global warming. Yes, but she understands that the, the toxins that are being dumped by uh, Wayne Enterprises Industries, the, 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 the diesel fuel that's being used, are already being dumped and killing people in third world countries. You're just saying, oh, it's so sad when white people die. She's saying, isn't it sad when people are killed in third world countries? She is fighting for the third world. You are arguing for terrorism, sir. <laughs> oh. You are arguing that that we should not go through regular processes to achieve these goals. She has a proposition that she takes to him, and instead of meeting her halfway, he just throws it out. And she then threatens people's lives. You know what that is? That is terrorism. She, she threatens. She threatens the lives of people in the first world. In the first world, to save the lives of those in the third world. She is like Edward Abbey before her, an <laughs> eco-warrior. She's standing up using civil disobedience like one, like one Mr. Gandhi. But here's the thing. She's using her feminine wiles. And you may say, oh, she, she doesn't have the, the muscle to, 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 to fight these people. And so she's using Bane. She's using Mr. Freeze. She's delegating because she's a leader. <laughs> That's She's right. delegated. She, she has the best people. Like, they're, they're great people. All the best people. No, 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 no. Bane no, no, has no, the no, best no. words. No, no, no. No, Trump doesn't delegate. Trump doesn't delegate. She delegates. She understands she's not the best. She doesn't have the most upper body strength. I love that this whole argument is going to come down to upper body strength now. Like, <laughs> Mr. Freeze can bench press more, therefore he wins. No, and Mr. Freeze, I put it to you that Mr. Freeze is actually both a terrible scientist and a terrible villain. And I have uh, an expert witness who will be calling in a little bit, uh, who is a specialist in lasers, uh, to to make this. But that is the most made up sounding title I've ever heard. He has a doctorate in physics and he specializes in the physics of light. And how do you think you use the physics of light? He is you a la laser. You, he's a laser doctor. He is a laser doctor. Uh, Boris is ready to call us now. So All right, so Doctor Laser is on the line. So Boris, uh, welcome to Better of Two Evils. Today we are discussing the physics. Of the movie Batman and Robin. <laughs> All right. Um, now, can you state for the record your qualifications when it comes to, to, to lasers? You are, you are a doctor <laughs> of lasers, correct? Uh, sure. So I have a PhD from the University of Arizona in optical sciences. And after that, I was a postdoc at National Institute of Science and Technology, uh, mostly in quantum optics. And now I'm an engineer at NASA. My God. Ben, uh... <laughs> are, you, are you any of those things, Ben? Do you have a specialty when it comes? Do you work for NASA? Can a laser produce uh, 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 a freezing effect? Can you make a cold laser? 
yeah, so there is an effect called laser cooling, uh, which is used in uh, uh, some very advanced uh, physics experiments where you can take a small group of atoms that are already very, very cold and cool them more. Uh, so usually the way cooling works is kind of like in the fridge. You have, if you want to cool one object, you have another object that's cooler and it draws the heat across. Uh, but when you get to very low temperatures, you can't really make anything colder anymore. And so you can make this clever arrangement where basically you change heat between an object and a laser field. Okay, so, so, uh, and so in- Boris, you just made me the happiest man on earth. No, 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 no. I have more <laughs> questions. <laughs> Mr. Freeze is, he wants to freeze Gotham as a way of holding it for ransom. Now, right. Now, my argument is that if he could create a laser that could freeze a person in place that could trade an ice field in seconds. Wouldn't that be a billion dollar technology? I think there would be considerable uh, commercial applications if there was uh, a cooling system that could cool at that rate and that quickly. Um, and also, I think it's, if I remember the movie correctly, and it's been a while, uh, but he has a portable system that can cool, uh, you know, like several hundreds of pounds of material uh, basically using his backpack as a power source. Yeah, he and has, I think yeah, that's yeah. also incredible. He has a freeze, he has a freeze like, the power source use. alone would be a tremendous breakthrough. Oh, oh, absolutely. And then having a cooling laser that can work at room temperature would be incredible. I'm going to jump in right here because I have something of a counter-argument to this. Uh, he would definitely make billions of dollars if he was able to patent this technology and sell it on the open market. However, because they're using the 1990s Batman animated series motivation for Mr. Freeze of his wife Nora being in imminent danger of death even while in cryo-sleep, he may not have had time to make that money off of patents and patent investigations. So the reason to hold the city ransom is to get the money immediately. Boris, are diamonds typically used in the operation of lasers? Uh, are diamonds? Diamonds, yes. Uh, uh, in principle, yes. I believe there are actually some uh, laser variants based on diamonds, usually with impurities of some sort. But, but does uh, the size of the Probably diamond... not natural diamonds, but... Oh, I'm sorry. Does a bigger diamond create a more powerful laser? No matter, no matter what your girlfriend tells you, Steve, the size of the diamond does matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, a bigger diamond would allow you to operate a larger laser. Oh, okay. So, I was just doing a penis yeah, joke. I didn't think that was going to work. Like, really? Is that true? Well, the basic limitation is, uh, you know, every material has some breakdown threshold okay. for how much light you can put through it. So mm-hmm. a bigger laser would allow you to put more power through it without melting. Mm-hmm. Boris, I would like to thank you for uh, for letting us use your decades of... <laughs> of experience and study for our very, very dumb podcast. Just the the stupidest questions imaginable. (laughs) This was an absolute waste of your time. And we we thank you very much. (laughs) My pleasure. Have a good night. I'm going to tell you something. At least I learned more about lasers than I ever knew before I sat down today. Yeah, that was was pretty educational. And, And that there is... 
at least some some small kernel of believability in some of the things that Mr. Freeze does in this movie. Yeah, that's that, pretty impressive. That, that, it's interesting to hear that there exists a cold laser, a laser that fires energy into a system but slows particles down. Yeah. No, it, 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 it is fascinating. Um, but I think that the special witness proved my point that Mr. Freeze does not need to hold a city hostage to raise the funds to cure his wife's McGregor syndrome. But now you're just making it you're making a moral case. You're saying why did he why did he decide to go that way rather than spending years tied up in the court system? He made his choice. Years tied up in the court system, he would make money very quickly. I w- but I would also say that that forgive me because this is not my podcast, which is very strange for me not to be the one running the ship. Um, but as I understood, this is one versus the other. It is. So yes. the argument that this person's plan makes more sense than that person's plan seems to me to be totally valid. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Now, now, Poison Ivy sees the writing on the wall. She is trying to correct disasters before they happen. She's trying to... Deepwater Horizon, she wants to stop that from happening. Katrina, she wants to stop it from happening. Exxon Valdez, I think that happened before this movie came out. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I love that you have her not being prescient, but literally psychic. Like she is a Cassandra. Nobody wants to listen to her truth. Well, I I like the fact that you have tied this back to one of our earlier podcasts, uh, Battlefield Earth v. Waterworld, Waterworld, where the Exxon Valdez plays a crucial part. Okay, that's a good point. Also, call back to our most recent. This film also features Coolio. We went yes, back. Coolio. We went Coolio back. Showed up again. We went yes. back to back. Coolios. <laughs> Coolio cameos. Coolio cameos. This one was vaguely less racist. Which yeah, is the name of his wait, Which is the name of his sweater line? Is Coolio cameos? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant vaguely less racist. Coolio. The, those those cashmere Coolio. Yeah, yeah, Coolio cameos. Um, no, vaguely less racist is uh, Steve Bannon's sweater line. I think. <laughs> <laughs> pour pour one out for our fallen. Nope, not gonna do that. Fair enough. He's, he's a says, piece of shit, and I hope he dies. Nope, he's a Nazi, and I hope he dies. Uh, where were we with the? Uh, we just um, had a laser expert. On. We just had a laser expert. We had a laser expert. I called. I I was like, you know what this, you know what this, you know what this podcast needs an expert witness. I would no, you know, builds lasers. I would NASA. like to give Steve um, a great amount of respect, not only for thinking of having a laser expert on, but having one on speed dial to call in such such a situation. Sure, that's pretty impressive. Yes, he's got a laser guy. I have a laser guy. I also had a, a physics guy. Uh, uh, Michael Wirth, who worked on the Large Hadron Collider, because I wanted to ask him about one of the things that Mr. Freeze said. Uh, Boy, you this is you have thought more about physics than Joel Schumacher did by a long shot. <laughs> well, he so Mr. Freeze says something. He says um, he 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 made a point, which was there's only one absolute. 
eventually everything goes cold. And I thought, no, that doesn't sound right. But it actually turns out there is a theory um, of universal decay where the universe will. Yeah, well, no, we're no, we're gonna reach uh, what what they call a heat death. Yeah, I, heat I think. Death. Yeah. yeah so. so, so what he did say in that moment. Uh, was scientifically and also uh, a real existential humdinger. Mm-hmm. Speaking of back, going back to back, this is our second DC movie in a in a row where one of the characters is a sort of step the fuck back. Last week was Marvel. Last week was Catwoman. Daredevil. Oh, that's right. Daredevil's. Marvel. Yeah, I'm Catwoman fairly certain Catwoman is within. I don't think the movie Catwoman has any DC properties. They weren't allowed to call her uh, Selina Kyle. They had no Batman. They had no Gotham. Regardless. Yeah. But it was an officially licensed DC property. Yeah, uh, coming in. in you're, a, my in, new, you're my favorite judge. The most... Okay. All right. So Fair. this is our second week. That being said, that movie should be erased from cinema history. But... That's I for, forgive me for whichever one of you was defending. I un, I unsuccessfully defended it last week. Okay, I couldn't. I even as, I couldn't as, save that. As as that should be. Absolutely. <laughs> this is our se- this is our second week with a sort of awkward, messy-haired woman who's real good at her job. Yes. That then gets some kind of super secret sauce that to makes her real sexy and real horny. Yeah. Well. What what are the people at DC doing that, the, hey, we are at our official podcast policy is that we do not kink shame. And I do not slut shame. Right. But why does every DC movie seem to involve a woman drinking something that makes her crazy horny? Wait a minute, sir, sir. Are you suggesting a history and pathology of misogyny in comic books and comic book properties? I will not say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I, I think I think the reason they did that was this was 1997 Uma Thurman. This is peak Uma Thurman. That is peak Uma Thurman. And if you can't like, if you're gonna hire uh, Uma Thurman and dirty her up, um, you are making Liam Neeson's Les Misérables. As I realize what just happened, because <laughs> she was in one other movie where they dirtied her up. Um, if you ever, there was a. Uh, 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 a, a version of Les Miserables where she played Fontaine and she was just like covered in sores and shit the whole movie. But they never bothered to gusser her, her up at any point because it was supposed to be super sad. In this movie, she comes back ultra sexy, but she comes back with her makeup looks like divine from the John Waters films, which is why she looks terrible. Yeah, yes. the, and and. I, I don't I don't want to shit on costume designers but that, ever, but like some of the early costumes in this movie are real rough. They just wrapped one branch of shit they found at Michael's once around the wrist, and they're like yeah, Ivy. I guess. But I would like to. But I would like to 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 step up and defend her. At at the end of this movie, they throw her into a cell with Mister Freeze. And we don't see what happens, but we can pretty much assume that Mr. Freeze beats her to death. That's the implication. I mean, I mean, and I'm she, not okay with it. She well, she tried. No, she she very actively tried to murder his wife. Yeah, but okay. Sorry, I was about to say that doesn't warrant vigilante justice, and then I just went, "Well, fuck Batman." Yeah, yeah, you just erased Batman. <laughs> I think the, I think the real villain. 
the real villain. And pardon me for cursing. This... I don't know if that was okay. Oh yeah, we, we, yeah, we go nuts. Right. Um, yeah, we go hard. Uh, I think the real villain in this movie is Batman, who is the biggest ass. I thought sixty six Batman was the biggest Batman asshole. George Clooney Batman is the biggest. Yeah, fan. when you learn that Mr. Freeze is this dude trying to save his wife, yada yada, you're a fucking billionaire with an R&D division the size of Ohio. Yeah. Fucking talk to the guy and be like, oh, hey, maybe there's a way that we can all work this out, which he sort of does on a small scale by the end, because, yes. but only when... His butler is dying. He's like, ah, oh, shit, I don't know how to make fucking pancakes. And I do love those bat cakes in the morning. I need to make sure Alfred doesn't die. George well, Clooney can- Batman is the closest to Lego Batman <laughs> of any of the live action yeah. Batman. And uh, here's, here's what I gotta say. In creating that story for Alfred in this movie, they took the one person in this movie who's still trying to like sell this universe <laughs> and still trying to make it work. And they gave him uh, a job, which is simply to cringe and start to fall over whenever somebody else leaves the room. And it bugged the crap out of me. They are such a dick to Alfred in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and um, I don't even know if we're going to get into Batgirl in, in any of this, but... but there's nothing good about Alicia Silverstone in this movie. Oh, God. Just nothing. And this was also peak Alicia Silverstone. This is right oh, after yeah. Clueless. Joe, she was, she was at the top of her game in, in this particular um, period of time. Not in this movie. Nobody was at the top of their game in this movie. I think this movie and Excess Baggage were the nails in her coffin. The best part of Alicia Silverstone in this movie is definitely the fact that she didn't even bother trying to do an accent. Literally, when she walks into Wayne Manor, Alfred says, oh, it's so good to see you. She's in from Oxbridge and Oxford, Cambridge, Obviously. you know, f- fictional mashup. Obviously. How, how did you get all the way here? And then she just talks in her fucking clueless voice because... No, you, what you don't understand is Alfred's brother um, uh, moved to Laguna Beach. <laughs> and she's going to Oxford and Cambridge. But if you, yeah, if you really dig through the crates, you can she, find those comics. She, yeah, from, from zero to 18, she was living in Laguna Beach. So... There you go. Uh, opening <laughs> statement about Mr. Freeze. Uh, Mr. Freeze is the most rational of Batman villains. He's the least psychopathic. He... His wife was afflicted by... Uh, it's a, a weird comic version of, I guess, like Lou Gehrig's disease or something. It's unclear. His, his wife is, uh, and he, um, he is, uh, he is first and foremost a two-time Olympic decathlete, and then also a brilliant scientist. So way to go, Arnold, on that one. Yeah. And he's doing research. He falls into a vat of cryo MacGuffin and mm-hmm. turns out to be, and then he winds up being Mr. Freeze, a person that has to be kept cold. But his only mission, the only thing that he is trying to do is save the life of his wife, despite having multiple women throw themselves at him through the course of this movie. His, he says he is dedicated to one thing and one thing only, and that is saving the life of of his wife. He plays this bullshit card of, oh, I care so much about my wife. When again and again and again he says, 
Oh, I am cold to your pleas. This is He's not- just a lover of puns. He kills so many fucking people. He beats the shit out of dozens of guards. He probably kills several people that we don't even see. Like, he is responsible for the deaths of a lot of people. And we're all supposed to look the other way because his wife is sick. He can raise the money to save her. We know he can. That was just established when we talked to our doctor of laserology. <laughs> wait, wait, so, sorry, sorry. Okay. Dr. Just, Lasers. Just think doctor, of it this Dr. Laser. Think of it this way. One GoFundMe page where <laughs> the rewards is a freeze gun, and he would definitely have the money to save his wife. Absolutely. So this this yeah, motivation. Yeah, but okay. Don't talk to me. Don't talk because he wants to. Don't talk to me about deaths. Ivy kills a bunch of scientists willy nilly just because she wants to try out her new kiss, her smooching power. She kills one scientist. She kills the man who threw her into a giant vat of poison. She kills more people than that. I can't think of exactly who right now. Oh, but she kills the, those two, the two guards. Yes, she kills. Were, yeah, she kills the two, two guards. Who were played by two professional wrestlers, by the way. Yeah, uh, I believe Jesse I, Ventura was in this movie. Yes, yeah. one of them is Jesse Ventura. Jesse, two Jesse the Mind Ventura. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one is also a a uh, the guy with an eye patch is also a. Uh, it is a uh, Batman movie starring two governors. Yes. Oh, wow. Funny. Our, we live in weird. Like we live in hell world, right, guys? Oh, absolutely. We are okay. absolutely in a, in, a, in a in a broken timeline. But but now Arnold is starting to sound like a reasonable human being. Well, yeah, by comparison, because we have President Reality Show. Arnold as Mister Freeze is more reasonable than Trump. Yeah, and also- I think I think Arnold as Mister Freeze is great casting. Uh, they He's they great casting, but Mister Freeze is doing this because he wants to. He, I wish he would have a moment where he came forward like Walter White. Like Walter White, thank you. Like Walter White, and just say that he's doing this because he enjoys it. He's lying when he says he's doing this out of out of taking care of his wife or some kind of weird altruism. He enjoys killing. He does have a lot of matching polar bear pajama sets that does imply that he's into it for more than just the science. Well, wait, wait a minute. His name has always been Freeze. Right. So he, I feel like I feel like all of that polar bear junk has do you think you know what? Maybe maybe <clears throat> um so one of the defense mechanisms that I used to employ as a kid, because I was always a big guy, was I used to make fun of myself to diffuse other people's abilities. Sure, sure, sure. Them, right? Yeah. Do you think that all of these ice puns are not because of the accident? It's because his name is free. Because he got them and on the playground and he just has them locked and loaded. Just has, just has to do that so that nobody else can get to them first? I think absolutely that is the truth. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, it would be a less hollow gesture if he wasn't a uh, serial killer. Well, and, you can, you can, and you can say... That poison ivy is also a serial killer, but at least she's honest about it. All right, I think we, I think we have to. Uh, so round one, boy, we we have fucked this up really badly. All right, so round one, uh, first point, I'm going to give to Mr. Freeze. Yeah. And I'm going to, and and Steve, your own worst enemy on this one because I'm basing this on scientific plausibility. So magic plant control. Loses out to the idea that there actually are cold lasers 
And the, the theory of powering a cold laser with a diamond is scientifically plausible. That's not, pa- yeah, plausible, 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 plausible. The point of the argument is that he could have made a billion dollars easily. He could have made a billion dollars doing day, doing court. day trading. Kangaroo he- court. Kangaroo <laughs> court. Kangaroo court. All right, we're going to jump right ahead to okay, round three. First. We're skipping round two and going. Be, to we're going three. to. We're skipping round two because who gives a fuck? It's our fucking show. Yeah. Well, in that and, case, I'm going to give myself the second point. Oh yeah. We can move on. To uh, okay, the yeah. the second round goes goes to Ben. To other Ben. Other Ben. Guest Ben. Guest Ben. That's probably a better round three. As always, is ad hominem attacks. Nonsense, non sequiturs, and just being mean. Straw man arguments, uh, chicanery, conniving. Oh, so we're going into full CNN mode, is what yes. you're telling me. That is, that is exactly what we are saying. Okay. saying yes. mode. All right. Uh, Uma Thurman, what the fuck accent is she doing? She is doing a hot, sexy Uma Thurman. I was raised in a Buddhist temple accent. Okay, I got a question. Mr. Freeze's gang is mostly people of color. Does he value the lives of white henchmen more? <laughs> no, he's saying that those people are, are he, they're contributing valiantly. Like uh, he he's the only one with progressive hiring practices as compared to the Wayne family where they did a diamond slash woman auction, which is fucking weird. Yeah, were they selling women? They were selling women in I'm, a major... This movie w- has wait, white wait. slavery in it. I'm pretty sure it was for charity, which makes prostitution legal. Yeah, no, 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 that's fair. That's no, that is that is that is the law. Is one hundred percent Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yeah, it's the patriarchy. Yeah, it is a patriarchal a patriarchy uh, which is only which is only counteracted by poison ivy by a woman that takes but that's counteracted by a woman that takes a serum that makes her super horny. What I'm saying is, like, you're coming at her for her super sexiness, but but that's no more unearned than Bruce Bruce Wayne and his billions. That's true. Everything that Bruce Wayne has, he has not earned. At the very least, she earned her powers, such as they are, through suffering. So you're saying that the murder of Bruce's parents wasn't suffering. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to the third point. You guys- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, also at that auction, it, we dive real deep into some racism. She because, shows up as a monkey. Yes. It is. It is like an African tribal sort of thing. It is a bu- it is a bunch of people doing an African dance for a bunch of rich white people. It's not super comfortable. What is interesting about that sequence is that she does a very well choreographed dance while crashing this party, meaning that at some point she crashed those rehearsals. Yeah, there were rehearsals. Like, I brought my own choreographer. Five, six, seven, eight. Ben, snap. Ben, snap. Do a fussy neck. Do a fussy neck. <laughs> that was te- that was terrible radio, but I did do all of those things. You did do a fossil. Well, you know, crashing a party isn't any reason for coming unprepared. Yeah, <laughs> like like we are in a civilized society. I mean, this Absolutely. is this is Gotham, not Missouri. I I would also <laughs> like to point out that um, in in preparing for this, yeah, 
Poison Ivy is attempting to bring down the system by working within its confines at that moment. Yeah, she's she is attempting to, but she can't because she is she is working for the the Wayne Corporation. She's like so many scientists kept uh, in a research facility, given no credit, and then having all of her work taken from her and then not used on purpose. You think oil companies like the ones that Wayne Enterprises owns don't have access to clean power? They do, but they're quashing that shit because they make more money selling diesel fuel and also uh, war profiteering because Batman is clearly, clearly selling super soldiers to the ununited nations. Teach the controversy. <laughs> what a... How does he not know that one of his scientists in South America is having a is bunch selling of- shit to the to the weirdest panel of six people? I uh, if the, oh I actually I have a picture. Uh, I'll let it's, you guys. Uh, I will I, show you over this mic. No, no, no. Yeah, it's it's some of our podcast, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it to 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 my co-host here. Uh, it is it is a who's who of just caricatures oh, of what boy. like each continent might be. Oh wow! There's that an Amer- there's there's clearly an American person. There's clearly a Soviet person, and then there's a guy in the middle who's some there's, kind of I assume Arab. Arab. He, uh, oh boy! I wish I knew the. Uh, uh, a uh, and then to the right of him is Castro. Yeah, yeah. There's a South Amer- there's a South American, and then to the right uh, of like him a, is a, a man in like a dashiki. Yeah, this is offensive on a lot of levels. Um, yep, I like the idea of the ununited nations showing up as a united front. <laughs> just, just you, just unity but, but in the evil. There is an American representative at this thing, and I think what that means is that is that Wayne, Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne. And uh, Wayne Enterprises is making money off of this super soldier program. I'm going to go ahead and say the guy's Canadian because I've never trusted them. <laughs> <laughs> at, this, at this woman auction where they show up uh, for that necklace that has uh, the giant diamond, it is called, and I swear this is true, the Heart of Isis. What did Joel Schumacher know, and when did he know it? This movie is so prescient. I have an important point. Yeah. George Clooney looks very good in turtlenecks. He's like the only <laughs> he's like the only person that does. I think I, I think he was trying to channel bullet in this. Lo- oh yeah! I lo- oh bullet. yeah, I love yeah. that. The time has come. The time has come. I need you to make a final ruling. Mr. Freeze, uh, or or poison ivy. All right. So this is a very very difficult decision because both are really bad. Um, I I'm going ahead, and I'm gonna say that at least on this point, I'm gonna say that poison ivy at least has a more logical globalist motivation and i'm going to i'm going to pull the star trek argument the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few you or mother the one. you motherfucker so on on on, on ad hominem att- hominem attacks i'm going to give it to poison ivy on this one simply because 
she's killing to try and save the planet. Whereas Mr. Freeze is killing and holding a city hostage to try and save one woman. Granted, it's the woman he loves. That he could save in a different way so fast. We've already proven that he could. Also, I am taking points away from Mr. Freeze for the simple reason that Mr. Freeze is a character that made no fucking sense when he was first created. He was just a bad guy with a cold gun. And Paul Dini and Bruce Timm went in the 90s and gave him that backstory of his wife dying of an incurable disease and the cryogenic stasis and all that. Um, This movie takes what was finally a good backstory for a stupid character and just shits all over it. So he, if we're talking about unreasonable and ad hominem attacks, that pisses me off more about that character than just having a bad version of an accurate Poison Ivy. Yes. 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 Uma, get at me. Get at me. Ben, you are the worst Ben. I would like to point out that nobody <laughs> won this, this. You got a point. He got a point. I got a point. So we're all tied for this particular podcast. (laughs) Um, But in the end, if you watch Batman and Robin, nobody wins. Especially, especially not you. Yeah, especially not. It's just the way the way to put it. So. Uh, well, that that is as good a place to leave it as any. Uh, I I I want to thank Ben for coming on. Go check out Batmania '66. It is a fantastic podcast. It's very funny. I would like to thank Dr. Boris Glaboff. Go check out NASA, the National Aeronautic and Space Administration. They put rockets up in things. And look out for your diamond-powered cold laser coming very soon (laughs) to an Ace Hardware near you. Yeah, and all you need to do to support NASA is pay your taxes. You already do it. Yeah, just just fucking support NASA. It's not that hard. They do science shit, and it's real, real dope. Yeah. 